It is time for another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net, and your host as we go through all kinds of different topics in high school sports in this edition of the WSN podcast. little teaser preview of what we're going to be talking about today. Going to uh, talk a little baseball, spring sports action, uh, some of the surprise teams and some of the, the goings-on in the early part of the year. And we'll also have a conversation with Mark Miller, our boys basketball writer, about uh, a busy weekend coming up for club tournaments and uh, recruiting uh, and all of that good stuff. We'll talk a little bit about the changes in the recruiting calendar and, and recruiting rules for uh, the Division One schools and, and just basketball in general for this year. We'll also get some uh, some thoughts and insight onto the transfer situation involving former high school athletes in the state of Wisconsin, Sam and Joey Hauser, who are transferring from Marquette and uh, still up in the air on where they're going to end up. But we'll we'll pick Mark's brain a little bit on that. And we'll wrap up our conversation today with a, a real quick preview of, of the WFCA combine that is set for this weekend at Sussex Hamilton. So kind of all over the board on today's podcast, but that's okay. There's a lot going on. But we will start in the sport of baseball, where finally, the last week or so, maybe a couple weeks, starting to get some spring-like, almost summer-like weather at times, and teams have started to, to really get into a groove, have started to get into um, you know playing games with regularity, certainly still some uh, cancellations and postponements along the way, and of course, if you haven't checked out the forecast this weekend, those darn weathermen are talking four-letter words, snow potentially on the forecast for this weekend, especially in northern and northeastern Wisconsin from what I have seen. Hopefully we don't get another 20 inches, like, uh, what was it, April 18th, April 20th, something like that of last year. The Stevens Point area and Green Bay area swath there got got dumped on with uh, a high amount of snow. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Hope it stays off um, because, again, we are starting to get into some some pretty regular uh, regular baseball action finally. Some games on the schedule last night, Tuesday night, uh, one that really uh, caught my eye in, in uh, a team that has kind of taken a step ahead of everyone else in the conference, and that is Beloit Turner out of the Rock Valley Conference. The Trojans shared the conference title last year in the uh, combined Rock Valley, and they are out to a three-game lead already in a conference that is very, very good, very competitive generally. Um, Beloit Turner, a 10-0 run rule winner over Jefferson last night. Jefferson uh, had shared the title with Turner last year, but Turner goes out and gets a very impressive victory, and they have just been dominating this year. And were it not for defending champion Wapan being there and, and looking very good once again, Turner might be your top-ranked team, probably would be your top-ranked team in Division Two. They are second in the latest coaches poll that came out, moved up a spot after Catholic Memorial had dropped down. But man, that's a really good group right there at the top of the rankings in Division Two. Again, you have defending champion Wapan on top, Beloit Turner looking very, very good in the number two spot. West of Pierre has been very impressive. They just leapfrogged all the way up from seventh to third. And Catholic Memorial, even though they dropped a couple spots to fourth, 
playing in that Classic 8 conference. They're getting competition uh, from some very, very good teams and have looked very good in the uh, in the early part of the year. And, of course, once, they, once we get to the playoffs, you know Catholic Memorial is going to be well-prepared, and uh, it, it's going to be a, a tough road. You know, we have all of these summer baseball teams coming in this year, and you look at some of the other teams in the top 10 in Division II, you have some of those former summer teams like Greendale, like Whitefish Bay, like like Pewaukee. There'll be some other teams out of the North Shore in the Woodland Conference down in that uh, area of the state that certainly can cause some challenges for a team like Catholic Memorial. But um, I, I, we talked about it, I think, earlier this year, and it, have, you know, it was going to be a topic of conversation all season. But the influx of those summer teams... Um, you know, really, really going to be interesting how they fare, not only over the course of the regular season here, but especially as we get into the playoffs. Are any of those summer baseball teams going to pose a threat to get to the state tournament to win a state title? In Division One, there's only one, I believe, former summer team that is ranked currently, and that is Oak Creek, who just squeaked in at number 10. You have Wanakee as the top-ranked team in Division One. They have looked very good, uh, the defending state champions. Um, Kenosha Bradford just moved up to second. Kimberly's looking pretty strong, a very uh, very experienced team for the papermakers. Last year was supposed to be their rebuilding year, and they still made it to state. Um, Green Bay Preble's got a couple real uh, ace pitchers in that pitching staff. So once again, shaping up to be some very interesting um, playoff races coming up and you know, it, it, it seems like the season just started. We, we are not that far away from actually talking about uh, more in-depth the playoffs in high school baseball. As you look over some of the other divisions, Division Four, uh, the big story there is Webster. State champions in Division Three last year dropping down two legitimate Division One pitchers on that team and Jack Washburn, Hunter Rosenbaum. Trevor Gustafson is an outstanding player as well at, at catcher for them and uh, I know Jared Washburn, the head coach there at uh, at Webster, feels like Trevor has a chance to be a Division One type of kid at some point. Um, if nothing else, he's he's got some Division Two opportunities. Uh, maybe even had given a uh, a verbal commitment to Minnesota Duluth. I, I can't recall exactly, but a lot of talent back on that Webster team that won state in D three last year. Speaking of Division Three, St. Mary Catholic was the runner up in that division. And they've been the top-ranked team, not only in the preseason rankings uh, in the Baseball Wisconsin Yearbook, uh, outstanding publication. I have to give a shout-out to Joe Waite, also Chris Lavold, um, that, that helps with that. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the Bible of, of a lot of high school baseball fans in the state of Wisconsin. If you haven't got one yet, you can still get one. Head over to BaseballWisconsin.com. That's the Coaches Association website. Order one out. Um, but St. Mary Catholic was the, the top-ranked team in Division Three before the year. They've played like the top-ranked team so far this season, and they have been number one all year in Division Three. So again, uh, a lot of interesting storylines in high school baseball as we kind of head into what is, we hope, will be the thick of the season. Um, you know, if you're looking for baseball information, certainly you can find scores and, and information for a lot of the teams, all the the teams on wisports.net. You can find our no-hitter tracker. 
on there as well. And by the way, if you have any information on no hitters that have been thrown in baseball, send them our way. Uh, we'd love to get them added to that list. Um, Norbert Durst is also doing the same, by the way, for softball. So you can check out a list of uh, no hitters thrown in softball as well. And, uh, you know, just again, continuing to try to get more information and more uh, support and participation from the coaches as well. As we have, uh, I think, talked about at different times, spring sports are very difficult for us to find information. Uh, there's less coach participation in terms of entering the information directly on our site. Uh, unfortunately, we we did lose integration with the Game Changer app a couple years ago. Uh, the parent company of uh, Game Changer uh, would not allow the integration. It wasn't something that we you know, didn't want to continue or, or didn't want to do. Uh, we just flat out can't. Um, We've also uh, unfortunately had a few issues with the iScore app that some coaches had used as well, and uh, and that's not functioning <laughs> great for some people. So I know it can be a challenge. I, I apologize for any of the coaches out there listening that um, you know would love to do some of that stuff. Hopefully you can get your scores in. It takes 20 seconds to do from your smartphone after a game. Um, because we have a lot of problems just getting scores, to be quite honest with you. It's difficult to track them all down, very time-consuming. Um, some of the traditional media outlets that we kind of aggregate information from have cut back on their coverage and, and what they're doing. So it all adds up to uh, some real struggles getting information. For coaches that want to enter information on our site, even if you have to do it manually, even if we can't uh, have the integration, the direct uh, integration set up to enter a box score manually, Less than five minutes after a game, we'd sure love to have that information as well if we could. Uh, but if you can keep up with the schedule, any reschedules or postponements that come up, and then entering that final score after a game, man, that sure makes our jobs a lot easier. It sure makes uh, all the people, the, the tens of thousands of people that follow our website, that utilize our site as the, uh, the place to find information, including media, including coaches, including college coaches, including the people that vote on the coaches' polls, etc., really makes all of, uh, all of them a lot happier when they can find information as well. So that's my little spiel today uh, on that. And again, we will continue to work to try to get more uh, options for people that uh, want to do some of that direct uh, integration with stats, uh, stats applications, etc., so uh, again, a lot going on in baseball. Hopefully the weather uh, you know, remains uh, good, uh, beautiful weather this week. My goodness, went out um, last night, I guess it was, after my son's baseball practices. Both of them had practice, but got a chance to, to peek in at the Reedsburg-Beaver Dam game. Reedsburg had been undefeated, but Beaver Dam came in and took it to them, uh, shut them out. I can't remember what the final score was. It was six to nothing uh, when I was there in the fourth inning before we had to head out. Might have ended up seven to nothing. Um, so some, some good baseball being played. It was picture perfect last night. S you know, close to 70 degrees, sunny. Man, was it nice. Uh, let's hope it stays that way. So we'll, uh, we'll go from baseball and uh, we'll talk a little bit football right now uh, before we move on to our conversation with Mark Miller that I recorded just a little bit ago because it is a, uh, an important weekend for football for a lot of football players around the state, over 550 of them, in fact, that will be in attendance at the WFCA Combine down at Sussex Hamilton High School on Saturday. 
um, an event that we have worked with, uh, myself and Tony Biolo from the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association, um, has really grown in into a an outstanding opportunity for kids to very reasonably priced get in, get some testing done in front of college coaches. We expect 75 to 100 college coaches to be there, have already heard from uh, multiple Division I schools that will be there, FCS schools. Now, the uh, NCA has rules that prevent the FBS schools, such as Wisconsin and Iowa, et cetera, from being there. But the, uh, the, the Dakota schools, the Illinois states and Northern Iowa's, Eastern Illinois, those kinds of schools, they will be there and uh, they'll be watching. And there are dozens of Division I players that attend the Combine every single year. Um, the, the list that has gone on to play at the college level is long. Um, whether they go as, uh, you know, going during their junior year or were there as sophomores. Uh, and there's some outstanding players there this year. Jack Nelson from Stoughton will be there, already committed to Wisconsin. Going to be great to see him uh, get out and, and uh, move around. And that's kind of what it's all about at the WFCA Combine, an opportunity to compete against some of the best in the state, see how you measure up. You know, it's always kind of interesting, uh, and I've talked to high school coaches about this too in the past, where, you know, there's there's high school players that, you know, they think they're pretty good. They think they should be Division One players. And then they go to the Combine or they go to some of these places and they stand next to a surefire, multiple offer Division One type player and realize that, as a six foot two, 250-pound offensive lineman at the high school level, your options at Division I might be a little bit limited. Um, you know, when you when you have a six foot six guy that's 275 pounds and moves really well, uh, you start to understand why they're a Division I prospect and and some other kids that are very, very good high school players that will be very good college players somewhere might not. Uh, be the ones that necessarily are going to be getting the Division One offers. So it's a, a way to measure up, see how you uh, stand compared to some of those other kids. We get verified height, verified weight. The college guys love that. Um, also verified and consistent times uh, in terms of the 40 and the shuttle and uh, obviously the the vertical jump and the broad jump, etc. Been some uh, incredible performances that have been put up there, some outstanding times. And uh, again, just a, a great day for all those kids to get out and compete. Uh, if you haven't been there, it's a, it's a pretty cool event. It's really well run. The, the guys at Next Level handle the testing portion of it. Um, the Sussex Hamilton staff does a great job with registration and kind of directing people around. There will be a couple dozen high school coaches volunteering to go around and, and assist during the day, whether that's uh, carrying a clipboard and recording results or directing people where they need to go taking height and weight measurements, et cetera. Uh, a, a great day. Kids come in and participate in kind of uh, different waves throughout the day. Uh, I think there's five different uh, groups that go through, beginning with the biggest one right away in the morning, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Uh, 160, 170 of those kids will go through right away in the morning. And uh, then uh, the linebackers, the running backs, the receivers, defensive backs, the quarterbacks go through. Uh, it's a busy day. It's a fast-moving day, but uh, I think it, the, the kids really get a lot out of it. And again, very reasonably priced when you compare it to some of the other camps and combines and things that are out there. And to be able to participate and show your stuff 
in front of that many college coaches in one spot is uh, is a pretty unique opportunity that we have in the state of Wisconsin and very uh, glad to be a part of that over the last number of years. So all kinds of spring action, spring sports action going on. And again, the uh, the WFCA Combine coming up this week. But we're going to continue our, our whip around of all of the sports, or many of the sports anyways, and, and touch real quickly on basketball because in terms of off-season uh, news and information and, and schedule and whatnot, this right now is a pretty busy time for a lot of the high school basketball players around the state as they participate on the club scene, on the AAU scene. And so we'll bring in our boys basketball writer, Mark Miller, to talk a little bit more, uh, more about it. Mark, uh, it is the off season, but it never seems like there is a true off season in basketball anymore, does it? No, I think probably the closest thing we have to it these days is maybe September, uh, August and September, perhaps, and then the, some fall leagues start up again <laughs> in October, getting ready for the high school season. But certainly, certainly uh, April and May are very, very uh, busy with AAU tournaments. And then, of course, June, the, the kids kind of go back to their high schools for tournaments. And then July, um, more AAU. And then, of course, uh, by the time we get into mid-July or toward the end of July, it ends up. But, uh, but then football starts. But it, it is. It's, uh, it's you know, as close to a 12-month-a-year thing as you're going to find these days. And, um, you know, it's got its positives and its negatives. I, I know – some high school coaches would would like to see the guys just get in the in the weight room and get stronger, and, and then get in the gym and work on their ball handling, their shooting, and their passing, and and yet uh, they end up playing games most of all. Um, but it is very important for the kids at this point to to show what they can do. Uh, this weekend is the only open evaluation period for divisions one, two, and three coaches, uh, so they'll they'll be out watching kids in the 2020 uh, 2021 classes in particular and for those who are at a very elite level probably uh, the 2022 uh, class but uh, you know for the seniors to be this is a this is a huge weekend and then they have another open period in July so uh, you know events going on all over all over the country uh, the big ones are in Atlanta and Kansas City and Dallas uh, with the Under Armour and EYBL and uh, the Adidas uh, shoe company events. And then there's a couple of events in our state here as well. NY2LA has an event and then there's the prep hoops event uh, as well. So lots of basketball going on uh, across the country and in Wisconsin this upcoming weekend. So with this being a big weekend on the recruiting scene, who are a few of the kids that you're really kind of following, keeping an eye on in terms of what they might do on the, the big stage in either pull in some more big time offers or, or put themselves in a position to get uh, some division one offers and maybe that they haven't had yet. Yeah, I guess, you know, taking a look at that 20, uh, 20 class in our state, it's, uh, I think it's going to be a prolific class in terms of the number of kids that will end up at the playing division one basketball. I think we can probably look at the list and, and, and go down the, uh, into the high teens for kids that have at least the potential to, to end up playing at the division one level. And of course, you know, the guys at the top of the list are, are guys that uh, people know very well in our state, the Jalen Johnson's and Johnny Davis and Jamari Sibley's. Uh, I think those three guys will all end up going uh, to a high major school and uh, certainly will have a lot of coaches watching this weekend. And then guys like Carter Gilmore and Dalton Banks and Jacob Agnosevic and Isaac Lindsay, 
those guys too will have a lot of division one coaches watching um, as well. Uh, you know, another tier of guys with Anthony Washington and Caden Boser, Terrence Thompson, uh, I think Max Klesman over at Nina, he's got a chance. And then uh, Johnny Davis's twin brother, Jordan Davis, Giannis's brother, uh, Alexandre Coupeau. There's a couple of kids from Milwaukee Academy of Science that have a chance, and Colleen Taylor and Darius Hanna. So, you know, we're already at 15 guys, and there's there's probably a few others. Um, certainly Jalen's the one that most people, uh, Jalen Johnson's the one that most people are, are most curious about. Where's he going to end up? He just had Coach K from Duke in uh, for a home visit earlier in the week. Um, he's, he's narrowed it, uh, so to speak, to, to 15 schools. I would guess that he'll probably narrow it down uh, again, you know, relatively soon. And then uh, Johnny Davis is another one who's picked up some additional Division One offers since the end of the high school season. Um, and, and Jamari Sibley at Nicolet, uh, also on the same AU team with Jalen Johnson on the EYBL with the Phenom program. Uh, he's another guy that has multiple Division One offers from from high major schools. Those are probably the three guys that are generating the most interest from schools, you know, at the Wisconsin Marquette level. Um, and then the other guys uh, that I mentioned probably more on the Green Bay Milwaukee uh, level. Um, although there's always a surprise or two, so you know it'd be interesting to see which kid kind of emerges out of the out of that large group of guys uh, to maybe be a high major player. Um, or at least get looked at seriously by, by high major schools. Um, right now it's kind of hard to predict that. Um, you know, I know Carter Gilmore's generated some interest out of, uh, at Arrowhead, and he certainly will have uh, many, many coaches watching, not necessarily just for him, but, you know, on that Phenom team, he's also got Jalen Johnson and Jamari Sibley, uh, Jacob Agnosevic. Uh So, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on that team, and they got some kids from out of state who are very, very good as well. So, uh, if I had a guess, though, maybe uh, outside of the top three that we mentioned, I would say Carter Gilmore, Dalton Banks, uh, maybe a Jacob, uh, Jacob Agnosovic might be one of those three might emerge as a potential high major player as well. Are any of those guys in a position where you think they might make a decision this spring or are most of them or all of them going to push their decisions maybe after the July evaluation period? Yeah, great question. I, I think... It seems like the trend right now is to wait longer. Um, not that they'll, they'll wait, you know, beyond the, the signing period in November, but um, I, I guess I would be surprised if, if uh, you know, that the top, you know, let's say the top 10 or so that are on our Wisports.net player rankings, if any of those committed in the, you know, early here in the spring, um, there's always a chance, of course, if, if the right offer comes or the school that they really, really want to attend uh, were to offer, but, um, you know, my, my hunch is that it might be more of a narrowing down Travis, you know, where they, where they say, okay, I'm going to really, uh, only consider these five schools, um, and then go out and play in July and see of those five, who's really making me a priority. Um, and, you know, so I think at this point, most of the kids are probably like still gathering offers or are still hoping to get offers and to see what's out there. And using this this uh, period in April here to to play well and to impress coaches and and perhaps to pick up a few more offers. So um, to answer your question, I guess I'd be surprised if if that took place. Uh, we're talking with Mark Miller, our boys basketball writer at Wisports.net, about some of the off season uh, things going on in uh, in high school basketball. Uh, some changes to the recruiting calendar in in what 
Division one coaches specifically can do, when they can do it, how they can do it, et cetera. Um, what has been the reaction that you have heard from college coaches, from the players, from the, the club programs, high school coaches? I mean, are these changes uh, things that are are looked at favorably within you know the, the people actually impacted? You know, that's a great question. I, I, I'm not sure that, that uh, at this point that anyone's really in a position to, to make a, you know, a, a full evaluation of, of that. Um, once we get through this whole recruiting cycle, you know, at the end of July, they might have a better feel for, hey, the, the scholastic events uh, were really good and it really helped us, or, you know, the opposite, that, hey, they just – it just weren't enough of them. There, there were too many, and it was too spread out. And you know, I didn't get a chance to really see as many guys as I would like to have seen. Um, and what you're referring to, of course, is at the end of June, uh, Division One coaches, scholarship coaches, can go out and watch uh, sanctioned events uh, that the kids play with on their high school teams. So, in our state, for example, uh, Nicolet would be a team that obviously a lot of people would want to watch because they have so many college potential players. Um, unfortunately, in our state, um, there are, there is no sanctioned event. Uh, I know the WBCA tried to put something together, and it just, for whatever reason, just kind of fell apart. So there there is no sanctioned event. It has to be sponsored by the uh, governing organization within a state that is that belongs to the National Federation, which in our state would be the WIA, or the coaches association for a particular state, which would be the WBCA. I know they're doing one in Illinois. Not sure if any Wisconsin teams will venture over there to participate in that. So it's a little early to really get a gauge on on how, uh, you know, how that will work. The only thing I can say is, uh, you know, the college recruiters that I've talked to uh, enjoy watching um, their prospects play not only on the AAU circuit but also with their high school teams to see how they interact and how their roles might be a little different with their high school teams than they are with their AAU teams. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, it's a possible, uh, positive. Um, and then of course the other big change is in July, instead of having three open periods for division one coaches, there's, there's really uh, one for AAU. And then I believe the coaches can also go to the, um, the camps that the NCA is working with the national basketball coaches association to put on their regional camps. Um, and you have to be invited to those. Um, and I'm not real sure how that's going at this point. I have not got a lot of feedback on that. So, you know, it's a big change uh, because uh, in the past, the Division One coaches could go out twice in April to watch AAU events and three times in July to watch AAU events. And now it's down to one in, Ju- one in July and one in April for AAU events. Uh, although they can go to two scholastic events at the end of June, and uh, the uh, the camps, so really they still get the five the five different opportunities to watch kids. But my guess is that it's going to be uh, more difficult for them to to logistically, you know, see as many kids as they have seen in the past on the AAU circuit, um, just because of it's spread out more, and um, you know, there's only so much time in a day to to, to catch a, a kid playing basketball. So. Um, but, you know, they're trying to clean things up, the NCAA, in, in terms of uh, some of the issues that have been presented itself in the courts recently. So um, I, I think we'll probably get through this year, this summer, and then uh, reevaluate and see what kind of tweaks they make to the system, see what worked and what didn't work, and, and go forward from there. Speaking of things that the NCAA has changed in recent years, the 
uh, the process for players that are already in college to transfer has been uh, pretty drastically changed. Uh, the, a number of the transfer regulations and rules have been relaxed or lifted. The transfer portal is in place now. We've got to talk a little bit about uh, very high-profile transfers here in the state of Wisconsin. Joey and Sam Hauser transferring, uh, I think, surprising a lot of people, transferring out of Marquette and indicating that they would enter the transfer portal and uh, consider other options. And uh, as you had reported, I don't know if it was earlier this week or maybe over the weekend, uh, they have set some visits or have some teams that they've picked out that they're going to focus on as their next destination. What's the latest on the on the Hauser situation, and where are you know? Is, is there a timeline? Is there a um, a, a process that, that they're looking to go through uh, on in terms of when they'll decide what their next destination will be? Yeah, well, you know, with any any time you have transfers, I think the, the situation is pretty fluid. So, you know, what's true today might not necessarily be one hundred percent accurate tomorrow. Um, you know, at this point, uh, the latest I've heard from um, from Dave Hauser, their father, is that they will uh, take. Uh, they have three three uh, visits scheduled at this point to to various schools. The first one will be this upcoming weekend at Wisconsin, which is kind of interesting because, of course, the Wisconsin staff most likely will be out recruiting, um, at least you know to some degree. Uh, I'm sure they'll they'll be around, to, uh, you know, for their visit to. Uh, at least at, at times, but uh, of course it's a very busy weekend too. You you need to get out there and and uh, see see kids play, so you know who you want to zero in on. And and they've done a good job of identifying kids, obviously that they want from the 2020 class, guys like Johnny Davis and Jalen Johnson, and you know some kids over in Minnesota. But uh, still, you want to be present and you want to be watching, and you want them to know that you're interested and and that you know you're there for watching them and 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 wanting them to go to your school. So. Uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see how that dynamic works. But um, so anyway, the house uh, Joey and Sam will, will go to Madison this upcoming weekend. And then the following weekend, they're going to take a visit to Michigan State. Uh, they'll take the, the second weekend in May off, at least as we speak today, and then go to Virginia Tech the third weekend. And they're also interested in taking a visit to Iowa. Um, last just, I had checked. Sorry, just to, just to clarify, Mark, you, you mentioned Virginia Tech earlier. That That's Virginia, oh, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Virginia. Okay. My bad. Yeah. Virginia. Uh, Virginia would be the, the third weekend in May. And then um, Iowa, last time I talked to Dave, hadn't been set yet. Um, but that that's another school that they uh, potentially could visit. So um, the schools in play at this point would be Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan State and Virginia. I'm not going to make you make a prediction today. I'll, I'll, I'll let you off the hook on uh, as far as that goes, but it it will be interesting yeah. to watch. Obviously, uh, a lot of connections. Obviously, at Wisconsin, a lot of connections at Virginia with Tony Bennett uh, being a Stevens Point guy and recruiting the the Hausers hard uh, the, the first time around. So there's a lot of eyes. There's a lot of eyes on the Hausers. What they're going to do. Um, you, you mentioned you've talked to Dave a few times and. I got a chance to talk to Stephanie Hauser, their mother, who works for the WIAA a couple times last week. And, uh, you know, they were diplomatic, saying the right things, but certainly didn't seem to be giving away their hand too much on on what some of the, the thoughts and leanings may be at this time. Um, you know, one of the interesting things to follow has been uh, some of the conversations about, well, who who of those teams that they're considering has scholarships available that, that could fit them in? And then also, obviously, what are the school's thoughts on 
uh, bringing in two players that would take up scholarships next year and not be able to play, uh, and then only having a total of three years of eligibility after that. So a lot of very interesting right. dynamics uh, at play. Um, you know, a team like Virginia, for instance, coming off a national championship and losing quite a few guys to the NBA, are they going to be willing to uh, eat up a couple scholarships next year as they are defending uh, national champions? So uh, a, a lot to watch, and I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll keep us on, on top of anything as we go along as well. Yeah, it is. It's it's a it's a high profile um, situation. I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, in terms of particularly in our state with the with the interest. You know, will they go to Madison or, you know, um, God forbid for Badger fans, would they go to Michigan State or, you know, is Iowa really you know in there as well as the other schools or are they kind of an outlier? And then uh, obviously the Tony Bennett uh, uh, connection. Um, you know, honestly, I, I guess at this point I, I could see them going to probably any of those schools, except I guess I would be a little surprised, not shocked, but surprised if they went to Iowa. Um, you know, I, I, there, there's deep connections with Michigan State because they recruited Joey very hard. And I know the family really liked uh, the, the campus and the program and Coach Izzo and so forth. And you mentioned the connections with Tony Bennett at uh, at Virginia. And then, of course, Trev Anderson being on the team at Madison. Um you know, there's there's a connection there. Uh, Dave Hauser played college ball with Brad Davison's father um, up at Duluth years ago, and um, you know the 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 situation with when Sam came out of high school um, really wasn't uh, necessarily a, a black mark, so to speak, on, on Greg Gard because that was a Will Ryan's decision uh, maybe to to not recruit Sam. Um, so you know they have that going for them. Uh, Wisconsin has, I believe, 11 on scholarship right now, uh, so they do have the opening for two two additional players. And uh, um, you know, I, as far as the other schools and their scholarship situations, uh, I, you know, Virginia has four guys right now in the NBA uh, draft process, and I think at least two of them are committed to staying in the draft. So you know, it, it would appear that they have room. Uh, Michigan State has one player that has left for the draft and will stay in. So, you know, at this point, I think they might have one, but, you know, that could change, you know, by the time we're done with this interview. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of variables, a lot of moving parts. Uh, a lot of people want answers. A lot of people are, you know, kind of on the edge of their seat, hoping that they'll pick the, you know, the Badgers if you're a Wisconsin fan. So uh, we'll just have to wait it out. And, you know, maybe they don't even know right now. Maybe they want to take those visits and, kind of meet the other players in the program and talk to the coaches and see what, you know, how they'll be utilized in terms of their skill sets and, and, you know, just get a feel for the general uh, overall culture of, of, of those three programs and possibly Iowa and, and then sit down and, and, and make their best decision for them. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks. Uh, guessing it's going to be a few weeks that they take to make their decision, but you're right. A lot of people in the state on the edge of their seats, hoping that they come to Wisconsin and uh, have that opportunity to kind of be the hometown hero, but we'll see. Mark, as always, we appreciate your insight, uh, not only on the, the situation with Sam and Joey Hauser, but certainly all the, uh, the expertise on the changes on the basketball recruiting uh, schedule for, uh, for colleges and the club scene, et cetera. Uh, lots going on in the off season. I know you'll be cranking out a lot of uh, content uh, related to some of that off season information. So Thanks again. We'll talk to you uh, at some point coming up here again soon, maybe as we enter into that July period uh, or if there's any other big 
ticket items that, that come about. But uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll, uh, we'll chat at you again. Okay, thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. What do you think? Was I too nice to Mark, not making him make a prediction on where the, the Housers would end up? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it will be an interesting next few weeks on, on that front. And uh, again, there's still a lot going on in high school basketball in the offseason. Um, uh, tournament coverage and things of that nature. Any news on transfers or any of uh, coaching changes, etc. Also, very soon, hopefully, uh, in the next few weeks, we'll get uh, uh, announcements from the WIA on the divisional breakdown for the postseason for high school basketball for the 2020 state tournament sure seems weird to be saying the 2020 state tournament but that's what it'll be uh, so make sure you check out mark's writing on wisports.net norbert durst has uh, a number of girls basketball things going on as well so it never stops there's always something going on uh, but that will do it for this edition of the wisports.net podcast i'm travis wilson we'll see you at a game <laughs>